You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanea and Priya. Welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name is Tanea and I am joined by the one and only Priya Richards. Hey everyone. It's a new week, it's a new episode and this episode is going to be a little bit different. Recently it was International Women's Day and because our episode comes out on a Monday and International Women's Day was a Tuesday. We're a little bit behind the pace, but we're going to dedicate today's episode to talking about all things International Women's Day, what it means, what the theme was for this year, and why it's an important thing for us and for our industry to not celebrate, but to acknowledge and appreciate and kind of reflect on where we've come over the past year. Whether we've made gains or whether we've taken steps backwards, It's all about just acknowledging where we're at and making a plan for us to be able to move forward towards a more equal landscape, especially within the motorsport industry, which is where Priya and I both work. So that's what today's episode is all about. Yeah, we're just going to reflect on International Women's Day and break the bias, and that is what you're going to hear from us today. It's good to change it up every now and then and celebrate some of the amazing women in this sport. And this year's International Women's Day campaign theme is hashtag break the bias. So we asked some women who are in the motorsport industry from those who are working or girls who just love motorsport. What does break the bias mean to them? First up, we hear from Philippa, who is a motorsport comms expert. She works for the Formula 4 over in the UAE and she shares her thoughts on Break the Bias. The hashtag Break the Bias is way more than just a media campaign to raise awareness. It represents really more than 20 years of having to fight for everything that I've succeeded in and achieved in regards to my motorsport media career throughout the years. When I first started in the Supercars Media Centre as a journalist back in the early 2000s, I was the only one doing it at every event. Um, I was writing for publications like Auto Action and V8X, which is now Supercars Extra magazine, Wheels magazine. Um, Even the Supercars website, you know, in the early stages, it was just publishing press releases where I was one of the first to actually write news content. So there were other females around, like in PR roles or photography roles, but it was quite lonely. Like I, I didn't feel included a bit of a black sheep. There were many incredible established male journalists supporting and believing in me, but there were still those who instantly just judged me without even knowing any of my background or my story, without knowing that I had grown up around the sport, um, without knowing how much I knew about the technical side, the history, the regulations. I mean, once I even had to go and get my provisional racing license just to prove that I knew what a racing line was. So that sounds ridiculous now, but that was what I, I had to face in the early stages of my career. And, you know, those sorts of discrimination and stereotype misconceptions isn't just based here in Australia. Like I've worked extensively overseas in the Middle East, the US, South Africa. Constantly, I was always judged based on how I looked. Um, That was the determining factor and apparently how much experience people thought I had. And it wasn't until I'd hit that 20 year experience mark in the industry that people would actually sit up and take notice, which is ridiculous when you think about it. But if you can do a good job, then you can do a good job. It doesn't matter how many years you've been doing it, what you look like. Um, what sex you are. I just wish over the years that people were a little bit more open-minded and not so judgmental. So um, we really do need to have thick skin in the sport, unfortunately. But there are, I think, two aspects that I really hope that we can focus on to move forward. If we really want to make progress in the sport as women, we need to educate everyone, both male and female, that it doesn't matter about the colour of your skin, your sex, how young, how old you look. Um, No one should assume anything about 
anyone. Those conversations do need to change. And even though I had a lot of questions about what my intentions were in the sport or who was I dating, ridiculous questions like this in the early stages of my career, I still get those sorts of questions even now, 24 years later almost. So hopefully as we hear more stories about women being successful in the sport and really promoting the roles in which they are working in, it'll drive people to think before they judge. And secondly, I think for ourselves, we need to forget about the glass ceiling that I think that we put on ourselves. We shouldn't just be saying that we want to be the best female journalist or the best female mechanic. We should be the best full stop at anything that we want to achieve, whether we're male or female. So I think sometimes we can be our own worst enemy because we restrict our success levels just because we're using gender as an excuse. So it always has been a lot of work to break this bias and remove these stereotypes. It does take time and it does take effort. Telling more of our stories and educating people about all the amazing things that we can do, hopefully we're moving in the right direction. Next up is Romy Mayer, who works at Triple Eight Race Engineering, and she shares what break the bias means to her. Breaking the bias for me means that women can pursue their goals and society supports them in any way. But that also means showing up and, if necessary, fighting for your goals every day. Until we have 50-50 in all areas of the workforce and women and men can have great careers and also a joyful family life. Nadine Armstrong is a writer, presenter and a Girls on Track ambassador. And this is what Break the Bias means to her. Hi, Tanea and Priya. It's Nadine Armstrong here. What Break the Bias means to me, I think this is a shout out to a collective effort. We can all be guilty of bias in some form. Women can do it to women, men to women and vice versa. This theme, I think, is a call out to be able to have those really hard, courageous conversations because unless we can actually have constructive conversations about calling out bias when we see it and being able to address it, then we're not going to move forward. I think also it's really good to remember that this is not exclusively a women's issue. This is an issue for everybody because it's not just about inclusiveness for the sake of inclusiveness. Um, If we're more capable, we are collectively more intelligent and more capable, and that's good for everybody. When we have a world that is more equal, where gender equality is more balanced, then families thrive and businesses grow, the economy improves and and greater humanity prevails over everything. So this is not just an issue about getting more female faces. This is a much bigger bigger social and economical issue. Uh, Love your work, guys. Keep it up. Hayley Monteith is a sponsorship specialist who I work quite closely with, and I reached out to her to get her thoughts on Break the Bias. I love this question. What does break the bias mean to me? Look, really break the bias asks us, in my opinion, to stop and think about what our own biases are. I think it really forces us to recognize that inequality still really does exist, you know, and through education on conscious and unconscious bias, I believe this really needs to continue. We break the bias through education and networking. Unconscious bias isn't just a gender issue. It spreads right across education, remuneration, and opportunities for women, especially in industries that display male dominance. For me, working in the motorsport industry, I heard a really interesting 
piece of feedback around that the motorsport industry and it's not male dominated it's male dominance we're working in an industry that is heavily heavily skewed towards men and and while that's okay that needs to change and i think there are things happening in, in sport in general that is um, continuing to push women uh, to become a part of the fabric of those sports. And, you know, long may it continue. I'm a huge advocate for having more females in, in male-dominated um, industries. And, and I can't wait to see, you know, how that will continue to evolve over time as we continue to educate people around the bias that still exists. Courtney Tyler is the co-founder and race team's op manager at GM Motorsport, which is based at the Bend Motorsport Park, and she's also a Girls on Track champion. Hi, it's Courtney from GM Motorsport. Um, thank you, Tanea, for reaching out to me and asking what break the bias means to me. For me personally, bias isn't just putting women at a disadvantage, but it can be career-stopping slash limiting. We need to consider not just how we encourage women to join our industry, and in this case, motorsport, however it can be any industry, but how we ensure they stay in our industry and thrive. Um, People need to get uncomfortable because conversations about inequality are uncomfortable. I think all of the right conversations are happening. Um, However, I personally believe there's still a long way to go. Education, mentoring and pathway programs can influence awareness in our industry and highlight the variety of career opportunities, which is why I am an official champion for the Girls on Track program. I'm so extremely passionate about the program and helping young girls and women enter our industry because I know how daunting it was when I started um, the minimal women at the racetrack with me. Um, so I'm pretty passionate about it. And um, Unfortunately, there is a long way to go, but I think we're, we're heading down the right track. Thanks for asking me. Episode 3 guest, Charlie Bullis, quickly joins us once again to share what Break the Bias means to her. Hi everyone, I wanted to share what the International Women's Day 2022 campaign theme, Break the Bias, means to me. And I don't think I could put it any better than what it reads on their website. It says, imagine a gender equal world, a world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that is diverse, equitable and inclusive, a world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together we can forge women's equality. Collectively, we can all break the bias. What this means to me is no matter where you come from, what you've done or where you're going, that you should be valued, celebrated and treated equally. And likewise, we should celebrate those around us, not only in their wins, but support them through their hard times. Break the bias also means to me that no matter who you are or where you come from, you should let nothing stand in your way of living the life that you want and that you dream of. Show up, work hard, and it will be rewarded. Emma Gilmore, who is a factory driver for McLaren Extreme E, and also McLaren's first female driver. She's also a rally driver, like let's not leave that out. But she quickly joins us to share her thoughts on what Break the Bias means. International Women's Day, uh, I think it's great um, that we get a day to celebrate all things women and showcase and shine a spotlight on what women are achieving around the world. Uh, We're just 
so amazing and so capable and, and the things that we do. So uh, in regards to motorsport, um, you know, I think I think we're already doing a really good job of, of showing, um, you know, the, the, all the women that are competing at the top level or competing at everyday level, uh, club level, uh, taking part as a driver, as a co-driver, as a f- official, uh, engineers, mechanics, uh, you know, women are, are doing amazing jobs uh, everywhere. Uh, and I think we just keep shining the spotlight on them giving them a chance to show and share their story so that um, yeah, we can pave the way for the next generation of young girls coming up. Sharice Bristow, who is the team coordinator at Triple Eight Race Engineering and also the category manager for Rachel Cup Australia, shares what break the bias means to her. To me, breaking the bias means supporting, valuing, celebrating and being an ally and mentor for other women in the industry. It means speaking up if we are uncomfortable and bringing awareness and education to problematic behaviours. It means that we all have the same opportunities, consequences for our actions and the same rewards for our efforts. It means the right person for the job regardless of gender. And current Porsche Sprint Challenge driver Madeline Stewart, she's one of my good friends and she's just a super epic chick. She gave us a little bit of her time to share what Break the Bias means to her. So for me, break the bias isn't about favoritism towards a woman or just celebrating women and what they can do and what they achieve. To me, break the bias is about equality and about seeing women on an equal playing field with the men and having equal opportunities and equal pay and not just being ruled out because they're female, but having that opportunity to do what the males can do. Um, So I think it's really important when we talk about International Women's Day and about um, break the bias, that it's not about speaking about women being better than men, but it's about appreciating how far we've come and working towards equality. We also put a call out to listeners of the pod and we received one from Bridget and she runs Flippin' Mad Motorsport for her son and she is a regular listener of the pod and this is what Break the Bias means to her. Thanks Girls on the Grid for giving me this opportunity to let you know what does Break the Bias mean to me. Um, Since becoming involved in motorsport, thanks to my son, Uh, I've been very passionate about seeing women involved in this sport. Um, What I've observed so far is not everyone wants to be the driver and there really are a lot of other roles behind the scenes like from officials, club members and team roles in a motorsport team. So maybe the focus shouldn't be so much as just seeing a 50-50 male-female grid of drivers as I'd hate to see talented male drivers miss out on a drive just because a less talented female got the drive to make an equal like gender grid but I would like to see more women in roles across all aspects of the sport so like from the top tier of management right down to the team roles and all other behind the scene roles because I really think that's where we could get a lot more women involved from what I can see. I think also focusing on educating women about all these different roles and exposing them like the FIA Girls on Track program, educating girls in schools that engineering roles and other roles in motorsport actually exist. As when I was growing up, I had no idea they even existed. 
Um, and I also just wanted to say how much I loved your podcast with Renee as it really showcased what a pivotal role that she has had supporting Mark's career. And I learned early on that the best way I could support my son was to use the skills I had to manage his like social media, help him find sponsors, uh, teach him to respect women in the sport. And um, his dad taught him all the side to work on the cast uh, which I couldn't do but I could still help out in other ways um, like volunteering at our local club taking him to the grid and you know getting his cart off the track when he came off and you know through doing that I had a lot of mums come to me for advice to see how they could get involved as well um, and I've also seen girl drivers on the grid whose dads wanted them to be there a little bit more than what they wanted to so I think like Caitlin Wood said you still have to love it and want to do it so girls and women need to know about all the different ways they can contribute and they can run teams like Betty and Jess Dane so girls need role models in all aspects of the sport and I've personally loved seeing what you've both been doing and seeing women reporting on the sport being in pit crews, organising events. Let's celebrate all the different roles available and expose them all. So keep up the great work you're doing as it really helps people like me who support the people who want to be the drivers. So great to have some of our listeners and people in the industry involved on the pod for the first time and hearing their thoughts on Break the Bias. So coming off that, Tanea, what does Break the Bias mean to you? You know, I was actually rather excited when I heard that this year's theme was Break the Bias because it's something that affects all of us. Bias is the thing where we just assume that motorsport is a men's thing. We just think that cars are for men and dolls are for women. That's what breaking the bias is. Both conscious and unconscious bias does exist in every day, worldwide. Breaking the bias to me is about understanding that Women in motorsport can be women in motorsport. We can do whatever the men can do. And, and it's not about saying that the doors for these women should just open just because they're women. It's about allowing them to have the equal opportunity to fight for a role or to be placed in the same room as men if they are the right people to be there. I know that I have faced countless biases in my five or six years in the motorsport industry from the perspective of just being assumed that I shouldn't get a role because I'm a female or just having someone make the assumption that because I am female, I can't do something that my male counterpart can do. It's it's also just the assumptions. Because I'm female, I can't. It's always kind of been one of these applicants or one of these people who I potentially could give this role to is female. So it, it almost kind of impacts my chances. And I'm actually really excited for the steps that we're taking forward because that's happening a lot less now than it was in 2017, 2018. That means that we're moving in the right direction. It's even from the perspective of I once lost a role as a videographer because I was a female, because it was more expensive for them to have to book me my own room rather than having to share with men. That's just a little bias that I've faced where the extra $100 that it costs to put me in my own room because I shouldn't have to share with men when I'm in a relationship or having to, 
you know, just feel uncomfortable sleeping next to people that aren't my partner or aren't people that I'm close with. And to be made to feel bad or to be made to feel like it's a burden for me to have to ask for my own accommodation is something recently that's happened and I was just like, okay, this is still an issue and this still exists because I'm facing this. And it's just, it kind of draws you back into it when you realise, okay, this is a limitation placed on me because I'm female. And that just highlights to me that we've still got a ways to go in getting to the point where it's all okay for both male and female to do what they're supposed to do. I may be the best person for a role, but that doesn't mean I get the role because people assume that I have all these additional requirements, X, Y, and Z, or I might be on my period, so I might be hard to work with. All these things that are just these, oh, you're a chick, so. It's not just, you're the best person for the job. It's, you're the best person for the job, but you're female, so I have to consider all these other things. We need to break that. We need to break that chain of women being too difficult to do a job. I can do the job just as well as the next man or the next woman, but the fact that there are still these things that we have to fight for, such as my own room or such as not having to share, like I'm not talking about like apartments, like I'm totally cool in say an apartment where we have our own bedrooms, but motel rooms where there are four single beds inside the one room, and I'm just expected to just slot in there in one of the single beds. That's something where I'm gonna, I've done it before and I've dealt with the situation because I just wanted to be looked at as just a person, not as just a female. But then when there's situations where I have to get dressed in this tiny little bathroom just because I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. And it's not on them, it's usually on me. Me not wanting to make other people uncomfortable. It's just the little things that women have to consider more than men. And that is a very, very long-winded way of explaining what I'm trying to explain, that we still have a way, a way to go. We still have to continuously work to break the bias within the world, <laughs> top line, but especially within the motorsport industry. Well said. And also, my experiences are probably very different to Priya's, or maybe they're the same. But Priya, tell us, what does break the bias mean to you? I think break the bias means having a more equal culture without those stereotypes, because I think generally people associate gender to certain things. And in our case, like you said, Tanea, oh, motor racing is for boys, dolls are for girls. And it's almost, it's still a bit foreign for women to be seen in the seat of a race car or running around with a camera or anything else. So I think Break the Bias is about normalizing those roles in a sense where it's just normal. Everything is just normal. And I think in terms of the direction the sport is going with this, it it does still have a long way to go, but I think it is starting to head in the right direction for sure. In saying that though, my whole experience has been, it's been rather positive and maybe, maybe it has been easier for me being born into the sport and not saying I've had, 
I haven't had to work as hard as anyone else. The the job I do, you need a skill set for. And it's something that I know I've worked extremely hard for. It's not something that can just be handed over, you know, but I've been born into the sport. So naturally the people I've dealt with, they've, they've known of me and maybe that has taken the pressure off me a bit. Who knows? But growing up, I didn't see women in the sport being celebrated like they are now. I remember seeing the Forex Gold Girls and thinking, oh, well, that's what I'll do when I'm older. Which, and there's totally nothing wrong with that. But the way, like I was, I was five when I thought this. So that's how I was consuming it because I'm like, okay, well, I'm seeing these girls. They're the ones that are celebrated. You know, everyone loves the, the gorgeous grid girls and the Forex Gold Girls. And I love them. They're great. But that's just how I was seeing it. But nowadays it's different because we're seeing the women in the media being celebrated. We're seeing the drivers being celebrated. And I think that's normalizing it more and it's bringing it to the light. And then, you know, it's it's younger girls are seeing that. They're not seeing the other side of it. Now we see it in a whole different respect and perspective. Like people are saying, oh, that team is doing really good. Well done, boys. Actually, half that team is female oh, I guess you wouldn't think of it like that. Or that team's social content and videos is just off the charts. They're doing really well. That's a chick doing that. Or you're in the paddock, you're looking in a car, you're thinking, hey, that car looked good out there. Out gets a chick. So I think it's generally just a matter of celebrating and bringing to light the girls who are doing good things, but making it normal and at the same time, not making such a huge deal in the sense where it's like, oh my God, it's a female driving a race car. What does the world come to? <laughs> but it's like what Caitlin Wood said, it's male dominant, not male dominated. And I think it'll spread out over time. And I think we're definitely getting there uh, in a positive direction um, and getting more women in the sport. Um, but it's about not overlooking them and celebrating them for sure. This was heavy. We went into the depths of our experiences for that one that was deep that was very deep but hey we need that every now and then but to lighten things up a little bit and to make you guys not like depressed heading into your work day or whenever you're listening to this we're gonna finish it off with a little bit of fun and we're gonna throw uh some rapid fire questions at each other let's go priya forda holden ah cannot think about it holden priya gold coast 600 or townsville 500 gold coast 600 parties are good what happens in gold coast 600 stays at gold coast 600 it's like what happens in vegas stays in vegas but gold coast is worse Tanea, would you rather work at sydney in the pouring rain or darwin in 35 plus degrees heat uh i've done both and i would definitely rather pouring rain all right street circuit or permanent circuit oh street circuit just for the parties actually hmm i know i can't think too much about this but street circuits are very painful to walk around like you have to go like 40 40 blocks one way to get like 10 meters but it's just because there's like a street and you've got to walk over bridges and stuff so i would actually have to say permanent circuits because bridges when you're carting a 20 kilo camera case not pleasant do you enjoy watching tcr or s5000 more if i could only have one category of those it would be tcr but only because I have people that drive in it and I like watching. I watch sport for the drivers, not really for the... Babe, this is rapid fire. <laughs> uh, yeah. And now we're going to get to really know us with some would you rathers. 
Priya, would you rather swim in a pool full of Nutella or a pool full of maple syrup? Oh my God. Obviously maple syrup, otherwise I would die. I need to give people context on that. Severely allergic to Nutella, unfortunately. That must suck. Would you rather vomit on your hero or have your hero vomit on you? Um, I have my hero vomit on me. I'm actually pretty good with vomit. <laughs> Great, but okay. Would you rather wear the same socks for a month or the same underwear for a week? Oh, socks. See, I'd rather wear the underwear. Underwear can go inside and outside, but once socks smell, you can always smell them. Yeah, but you can hide it by putting deodorant on it or your shoes. Me pretending I've never put deodorant on underwear before. You should have smelt my feet after Sydney walking around in that rain. Oh my God. I felt sorry for the people on the plane with me. I was worried. So my clothes that got really wet at the concert, I accidentally left in my bag for like three or four days after. The smell that come out of that um, plastic bag was not pleasant. Would you rather never use social media again or never watch another movie again? Never watch another movie. I just live on TV shows, which are just extended versions of movies anyways. Exactly. Would you rather live in a drama-filled mansion in the city or a peaceful cabin in the woods? Oh, peaceful cabin in the woods. Any day. Would you rather always have an annoying song stuck in your head or always have an itch that you can't reach? Oh, song. But, oh, that would suck so bad. The itch would, like... Oh, I just cannot imagine how much that would suck. But also the annoying song, like something like the, what's that? Call Me Maybe. Both would suck so damn hard. But yeah, I'd have to go the song because the itch. Yep. No. That was a little bit of fun to uh, kind of bring it back to us after we went deep with the International Women's Day stuff. That is just about the end of this episode. Priya. Tell our lovely listeners what the last week of your life has been like and what you've got going on for the next week. The last week has been a little bit insane. We've just come back from Sydney. Uh, It was an extremely wet event for the first supercar event of the year. There was a lot going on. I was very stressed out, but it was fine. We actually had a great time in the end. Um, Me and Tanea, we went to the... (laughs) Should we talk about this? We went to Hot Dub on the Saturday night. I was there for about 20 minutes uh, and I got drenched. I got drowned. My phone is still having problems charging now. I had to put a hairdryer up the charging hole for like an hour for it to be out of work. But it was totally worth it. It was it was actually really good fun. And uh, yeah, the next next day, the Sunday was horrible. Uh, 86 paddock was flooded. But thankfully they got out. Um, My brother had a decent run in the 86. uh, And then we'll be off to Phillip Island for Formula Ford next week. I've got a few video gigs during the week. And then the next round is Tassie. So looking forward to it. Tanea, what is going on in your world? Yes, it's it's a busy time. But just just to wind it back to the Sydney round. Don't think I've ever been so soaked consistently for like a three-day period in my life. It just rained for three days. And then like the day after we flew out, the whole place got like shut down because of floods. I never thought that a concert in thunderstorms and pouring rain would be so fun. It was insane, like so much fun. 
it was a hot dub time machine concert and if the show went for 90 minutes it bucketed down for 85 of those minutes and it was just so much fun also Priya huge moment for us a shout out to one of our listeners Tiana Gibbons who actually come up to us at the concert and I was like this is the coolest thing ever like honestly I was so stoked we were all drenched like all drenched we got it we got an awesome photo but we look like drowned rats but I love it it was it was awesome to meet Tiana for sure but when Charlotte and I jumped back in our com like we were so drenched we were worried that the uber wasn't going to let us in because like it was it looked like I had just gotten out of a pool and this poor uber drive I rated him five stars and tipped him like forty dollars because I just felt so bad about how drenched we were we got in the incentive he was like oh it's okay no worries and I'm like dude I don't think you understand how drenched we are and we got out of the car when we got to our comp and there was literal puddles in the back seat of his car it was a it was a leather so i mean it would have been okay but oh that poor guy i felt so bad but yeah that was like the highlight of my year so far going to that concert and just having a ripper time um and yeah sydney was wild first round done though it was pretty hectic Phillip Island this week for the Shannon's Motorsport. We've got TCR, Formula Ford, heaps of categories. It's going to be a really cool event. And I can't wait to get down there and get to work. Priya, we have a couple of cool guests lined up for the next few weeks. And we know that this episode was a little bit off the pace. It was a little bit of a different one. But we'd love if you let us know your thoughts on this thing. We tried to bring it back to a little bit more lightheartedness at the end. But Priya and I really enjoyed this chat and... So we've come off a really awesome first event for the year. It was great to meet Tiana at the concert. Uh, Hopefully we can meet some more of you this year. We would love that. Don't be afraid to come up and say hi, even if we do look stupidly busy. We always are. So just come up and say hi. Um, But yeah, really looking forward to our next few episodes. We're going to talk to some awesome women. And just to round out this episode... This article that Jamie Chadwick recently wrote for the Players' Tribune really kind of hit a spot for me when it comes to women who want to race cars, whether it's Malin Stewart or Caitlin Wood or any of the women out there who just want to race their cars or just want to race whatever it is they want to race. This article, which I'm going to read, written by Jamie, on the Players' Tribune website, if you want to go read it yourself, we'll put it in the show notes, but it just kind of struck a chord with me because I have a lot of friends who are race drivers and yeah, it's, it's very powerful. So Jamie wrote this article and this is how it reads. For a long time, I didn't really think too much about what it meant to be a woman in motorsport. I guess I thought it wasn't important. I'm a driver, first and foremost. It's like the cliche, once the helmet's on, it doesn't make a difference who you're racing against. But we all know that the reality is that's not quite how it works. Some things are different for men and women in this sport. But I don't think any of those differences mean women can't be successful at the elite level. I am a woman in motorsport and proud of it. And I think identifying as a female driver is important. I don't want to blur into being one of the boys. Let me explain why. Growing up, I was used to being in male-dominated environments. At school, I was one of only four girls in an entire year. So naturally, we used to just do whatever the boys were doing. At the time, I wasn't particularly aware of it. But looking back, it's kind of strange to think that I was basically a lone girl playing football in a field with 100 boys. I was the classic tomboy. I used to just copy my older brother, Ollie. If he was kicking a football in the garden, I was kicking a football in the garden. If he wanted to play cars, then I wanted to play with cars. 
So, of course, when Ollie started doing a karting championship at our local racetrack at Castle Combe on Sundays, I was going to do it too. I remember getting so nervous that I couldn't eat anything the morning before my race. If you can imagine, I was like 11 or 12, kitted out in all Ollie's old hand-me-downs. I looked completely ridiculous. The only times I'd driven before that were in my dad's old Peugeot 107 around the paddock outside our house, back when we lived on the Isle of Man. I was really little, like five years old, and I would sit on his lap and do the steering, basically just trying not to hit anything. A few years later, when I was tall enough to reach the pedals, I would do the brake and the throttle while my dad did the clutch with a walking stick from the passenger seat. I would go really slow, like first gear, second gear, get into third, then straight back down to second. But once I got out on the racetrack at Castle Combe, racing just felt natural. I got the bug. There were these 30, 40 mile per hour carts, nothing super high end, but enough to get that rushed as I pushed it faster and faster. And I remember thinking, wow, I want to keep doing this. The feeling of adrenaline really does become like an addiction. Back when I was racing at a junior level, I didn't really feel that different from anyone else. As I said, I've been used to male dominated spaces my whole life. It didn't matter that I almost never saw another girl on the grid. I loved the sport, and I found the majority of people incredibly open and welcoming. Of course, when I won races, I'd sometimes overhear negative comments, and other times I'd see the surprise on people's faces when my helmet came off and they saw who I was. It's still so unnatural to see girls in racing that I think some people just don't know how to process it. They could be well-meaning, but very surprised, and kind of patronising. I think to myself, like, if that was my brother who'd just won, would you be making the fuss? Once I got to senior level though, I became more aware of how things can be different for female drivers. Men and women are different. That's just a fact. I don't think the differences really affect the end result when it comes to racing. I mean, there's no reason why a woman can't be as successful as a man in motorsport. But those differences do just exist, and I'm not sure there is full respect for them just yet. Motorsport is incredibly physical, more than most people realise, and preparing properly for that physicality as a woman without the right support and infrastructure around you is very tough. As an example, if you look at any racing car from Formula 1 down, they're all designed for the average male, from the dimensions of the cockpit to the seat right down to the size of the brake pedals. I'm 5 foot 3 and I've got small feet, so from the outset I'm already trying to adapt and compensate. As a woman, a lot of the time you end up just learning to deal with it, rather than speaking up. I mean, I get why it is the way it is. If you're a manufacturer who makes cars or kit, you're selling products to a market that is 99% male, so naturally you're not going to focus on designing things for women. But it's hard to be inspired as a woman when you don't see yourself represented or catered to. Some things are changing in that respect. I remember in the first year of the W Series in 2019, the first all-female single-seater championship, we got our race suits from Puma, and we all had the same problem. The arms were baggy, and the hips were super tight. Then the legs just went real baggy again. All of us sent our suits back to get them changed, and from that, Puma became the first manufacturer to create female-tailored suits. These little things add up and make a difference as to how comfortable and welcome we feel in this sport. For that, the W Series is so important. I know it's a controversial topic for some people. I'll be honest, when I first heard about the idea of a women's championship on the support bill for F1, I didn't like it at all. I had success in mixed competition up until then, I'd won races in F3 and other races against men. Why should I be separated now? The term segregation even got thrown around by some people. But I was convinced by a few people that it would actually be the right move. And once I spoke to those involved, it was clear that the opportunity was pretty phenomenal. This was a fully funded competition. If you don't already know, let me tell you, it costs a lot to fund a career in motorsport. It's insanely expensive. You need someone to back you. Really back you. 
When I was first starting out, I was lucky that my parents supported me and my brother until we were about 16. But then they said, okay, you're on your own now. After that, racing becomes a business and the money is mind-blowing. There have been plenty of times when I've been fighting to find sponsors for the 11th hour just to be able to compete for the next year. It sounds crude, but it is that way for every driver. If you've got no financial support all the way through at every level, you're never going to make it. It doesn't matter who you are. That's such a barrier to, well, everyone in the sport, but especially to women. Because when there aren't examples at the top of the sport to look to, then parents, sponsors, backers, they might feel more cautious about funding a career that just seems so unlikely. The W Series professionalised women's single-seater racing. It provided opportunity, exposure and a look that was designed for us, and that's really cool. Winning the W Series in 2019 and 2021 has absolutely transformed my career. Without it, I probably wouldn't be racing today. It's as simple as that. Back when I first started to do well in karting, I got asked a lot about what my goal was, and I'd always say Formula 1. I'd say it because it was the pinnacle, but I didn't really ever believe it. For a long time, I just didn't see a pathway. But now, after the opportunities I've had in F3, the W Series, and from being a development driver at Williams, it seems achievable. To be clear, I'm under no illusions as to how hard it is, but I believe in myself. For the sport, I think it's important that we see a female driver breakthrough now. In my opinion, and I don't think it's a controversial one, motorsport shouldn't be this kind of funnel where only rich men can make it. There are outliers, of course, but we need more diversity. There have been a lot of women who have been very close in the past to establishing themselves in F1, but it's still been 46 years since the last woman was on the grid for a Grand Prix. People like Susie Wolfe and Claire Williams are inspirational figures, but there is a need for more female roles. But there is a need for more female role models from the top down. The further I progress and the closer I get to F1, the more it adds to a certain degree of pressure and scrutiny. But when I drive, my main motivation is that of a competitor who wants success. I do it for myself more than anything else. And if I win or lose, I don't want it to reflect on an entire gender because me not doing well says nothing about other female racing drivers. I know if I'm not on pole, it's because I break too early. It's not because I'm a girl. It's because it's me. I'm confident that sooner rather than later, there'll be some young female racing driver who's going to come through and establish herself at the highest level. I have absolutely no doubt about that. I remember when I first entered W Series, I kept thinking, I don't have a clue who they're going to find for this. Female drivers were that rare. But when I turned up to the first selection process, there were nearly 100 women from all over the world. I was amazed. And the standard is improving with each generation. They just need to be given the right support. Can you imagine the commercial gain to be had from whoever finds the first superstar female driver? I want to be the next female driver in Formula 1. I want the next time I write here to be about my first championship in F1. But if it's not me, then I hope I can leave things better than I found them for the next generation of female drivers. I want to help change perceptions and biases that women can't do this job as well as men. So that when the next young Carter is ready to break through, she can find the right pathway and support to make it to the top. My advice to her is don't let the statistics scare you off. Trust your gut. Women are definitely capable. You are capable. So that's an incredible article written by Jamie Chadwick. And one day we really hope to be able to have Jamie Chadwick on the pod to be able to talk about her story, talk about this article. And I'm sorry if I didn't do it justice reading it, but I just really felt like it was important to be included in today's episode. We'll be back next week with a new guest So we can't wait for that and we'll talk to you then. You've just listened to another Network R production. 